Ahoy hoy all you true sons and daughters, I'm John Miller, and this is Locked on Mizzou, your destination for partisan Missouri Tigers football and basketball talk five days a week, and you know what, as much as I normally love doing this show, it's an extra buttload of fun when Missouri takes down the Illini over the holiday season and we keep bragging rights for the second year in a row. And joining me now, a man who was there and is now hurtling down I-70, hopefully safely, is Mr. Blake Stark. Blake, what's going on, man? How happy are you right now? I'm, I'm glowing. I'm just basking in it, man. I'm just, just loving it. Just the afterglow. That's too early. That puts Conzo at a smooth 66% in the bragging rights. It's probably the best uh, probably the best percentage of any Mizzou coach in history, don't you think? I think it has to be, yeah, and a very small sample size. But you know what? We're going to talk all about Mizzou and Illinois. Also, you know what? I've got a betting trend for all of you that I think at this point you've got to grab on with both hands. And also, moving forward, I've got a couple things that Mizzou, despite this win, a couple things they obviously need to work on. But you know what? We've got to start with the positives first. And I think one of the big ones was, obviously we talked about the physicality of Illinois, just how big they are. And I also questioned Mitchell Smith very specifically being able to hold up against the likes of Kofi Coburn and Georgie Bashadisvili, as I'm going to pronounce that. But man, Mitchell Smith, probably his best game as a Tiger tonight. And just in general, Missouri showed a ton of toughness winning the rebounding battle, and just something I think they can sustainably do moving forward here, which is they made a concerted effort, which is something I've been begging for, to get their guards into the paint and and take a lot more two-point shots, and they did that relentlessly to great effect. What, again, what did you think, Blake? Yeah, um, I, I kind of – I feel like I owe Mitchell Smith an apology for, like, his entire time at Mizzou right now. Like, I, I've always just been – feeling like Mitchell Smith was like a day away from, you know, transferring out or, you know, like how he's still here. Why is he still here? Is he ever, is he ever going to play? Is he, and then, you know, he's been starting and he's been effective. And this isn't the game where he scored the most of any game that he's ever been involved in, you know, as a, as a Missouri Tiger, but this is a game where he had his biggest impact, I think without a doubt. So I think he, he wound up with four points and six boards, but he played more minutes in that game than anyone else in the entire game. And I was particularly worried, and I mentioned it on our preview episode, that he would not be able to to bang with. Uh, I'm gonna say, I'm gonna call him Skeetus Vili again because I haven't bothered to learn how to pronounce it. <laughs> I'm, uh, we can just go with Skeetus Vili. I'm fine with that. Yeah, and then and then even times where I mean Tillman had had some foul problems where he had stresses where he wasn't in there, and, and Mitchell Smith got matched up with. I'm gonna call him Coburn because you want me to. Uh, and he and he hung in there, and he and he just was he was just tough, and he was fired up, and he was getting, you know, he was doing everything he could against these guys that are aggressively posting up, and they're sticking hands in his face, and he was, you know, he he would draw a charge, and you could just see him like just scream at the ceiling, like the kid was fired up, and he, I mean, he was like the glue today, and I just, I mean, my, you know, my impression or my esteem for Mitchell Smith just kind of went through the roof. Um, getting back to your point though of of having the guards attack the rim. Uh, I think you, you look at the box score, you see that the three guys that led us in scoring are, you know, Drew Smith, uh, Xavier Pinson, and Javon Pickett, and those are the three guys on our team that are best at attacking the rim, and that's how they got those points today. Although I think there was 
finally, some timely three-point shooting from Javon Pickett. He kept us in the first half with a couple big threes, uh, and, and Pinson hit a couple big threes too as well. But other than that, it was just they were consistently going to the rim and putting pressure on it. And I think Mitchell Smith contributed that a little bit too because you know being having some range and having hit a couple shots, he did draw away some of the big guys from the basket. So, uh, you know, I think – I think it was a really well-played game by the Tigers, and if we'd have made more shots, we could have won by more in spite of – and we're sure we get into this, but the officiating I don't think was, was, was great today. Yeah, well, one thing about Mitchell Smith is it's interesting. He's shooting, gosh, 25, 20 to 25% somewhere in there for the season. So it's not as though he's shot it particularly well other than maybe a game or two, but he does get the respect from the defense anyway. I mean, you saw Bashadis Vili out there playing him out there. And and by the way, speaking of Bashadis Vili and, and Mitchell being fired up, I, I think that may have got him into the game early there. I noticed – him and Bashadis Vili had a bit of an interaction. I don't know if you noticed this in the game, but Mitchell was kind of, I don't know, they called a foul on Bashadis Vili that he didn't like, and I noticed Mitchell came back at him kind of and laughed at him like, what are you talking about, that kind of thing. And right. I don't know, just Mitchell was just into oh, he it. Was, he was just very yeah, was, uh, emotionally engaged and chirping, yeah, talking a little junk in a way that I've never really seen from him before. And what I think we discovered today is that Actually, that's our best version of Mitchell Smith is when because there's some guys who who get a little bit too fired up, and then there's some guys who actually bring it a little bit more when they get fired up. Hey, let's get fired up, Mitchell Smith, every game. I liked that version. I, I like this Mitchell Smith, the junkyard dog. That I never never expected to uh, never expected to see. Um, yeah, when he was, you know, he and I'm Skeetus Vili. I'm going with it again. We're like kind of feeling each other out at the beginning of the game, and Mitchell Smith had a big. He had a big steal from him on the perimeter, just knocked it out of his hands and, and got the ball. I mean, the dude, I think this is what you're talking about. He jumped on top of him, tried to tie it up, and they called the foul. And Mitchell Smith gave him a little clap at his face and, and chirped at him a little bit. I think he just kind of established himself there. And I do, honestly, without trying to sound like sour grapes or, or you know, overly partisan in this, I was sitting on the the end of the end of the, the court where, you know, Illinois was, was scoring the first half and where Mizzou was scoring the second half. And we were just watching the foot, the feet of of Coburn and excuse me, and they were like they were in the paint for for ten seconds a piece in possessions. They were just standing in the paint, and and it was it was a real struggle for you know, Mitchell Smith. That that's why I think why he was he felt so vindicated when they would call those offensive fouls or when you know when those things happened because he was I mean he was being put at a disadvantage because the refs were not paying attention. And we were counting seven, eight, nine, ten counts with their with their feet in the paint. And I think in the first half that you know there were several times where they did take advantage of that position that they were allowed to score, you know, those you know, down inside. I think we did we did something in the second half to to get away from that. And I think that made a big difference in what Illinois was able to do offensively. Yeah, and just getting back to Mitch just quickly, I, I in particular I thought his defense was excellent tonight, and if you look at his, if you look at the box score, nothing's really going to stand out. But man, his defense was absolutely excellent tonight. You mentioned the steal; he took a couple charges at least, and I thought, you know, just his versatility, his ability to move side to side, coupled with his long arms, just caused a lot of problems for Illinois tonight. And again, just physically, I thought he held up against. 
Kofi Cockburn, Kofi Coburn, excuse me. Ah, <laughs> I did, did it. it. You uh, did it. Uh, sorry. Yes. Well, sorry. Yes. We got to start over on the whole episode now. I've ruined it. No, I'm just <laughs> kidding. But, but seriously, though, Mitch did a great job, especially defensively tonight. Tip of the cap, my friend. And you know what? If you haven't gotten all your Christmas shopping done yet, well, tip of the cap to you because I'm right there with you. So I've got a tip for, for you for that particular conundrum. If you're looking for a last-minute gift, go to BreakingTea.com slash LockedOn. Breaking Tea makes sports t-shirts based on your team's great moments and funny memes. Go to BreakingTea.com slash LockedOn, search their whole archive of great shirts and fun sports gifts. So yet again, by the way, I just have to mention this, mostly because I teased it, but you know what? The betting trend I was talking about my God, if you were just betting certainly every Missouri game so far, and I've done this, betting the under on the total has been absolute money. Well, again, it hits by 10 points today. And honestly, just the way college basketball has gone with the extended three-point line this year, I've got to think betting under on just about every game is a profitable proposition over the long term, don't you think, Blake? Yeah, what was the what was the total on today's game? It ended up one twenty nine, and the total, the actual total, was one nineteen. So, hold on. So the the total, the, the line set. The was line was one twenty nine, and yeah, it ended the up. The game got to one nineteen. Right, oh, that, exactly. I mean, that like that. Yeah, that seems like that seems like easy money, definitely. And this, and even even I, I feel like almost the officiating with all of those fouls they called in the second half, like sure. they almost did the best they that's I mean that's a lot of times how you get your unders ruined is when there's over officiating and right. lots of you know lots of free throws and uh I mean they called a ton of fouls in the second half and still wasn't even close for a long time I thought we might hold Illinois under 50 points no yeah for sure I mean that's the weird thing about college basketball these days I just remember growing up it was embarrassing to not get to 60 points in a game or 30 points and a half and now it feels like hey first team to 60 wins these days it's just kind of a weird adjustment but you know you what know, I will say we did over the summer sorry, go ahead. The, you know the, the 90 Tigers and, right. the, and the 99 Tigers I mean there's, those guys are hitting 100 regularly you know right. they're just running and gunning it's you know, you think you've got crotchety old defense first, Norm Stewart as a coach, but those guys were, I mean, they were running. Absolutely. And, those uh, were well, good pace games. Were, yeah, and they were putting up points, and, and now, we, you know, you, you think that you know, the NBA game is higher scoring than ever, but the, the college game, you're right. It's, I, but I think it's, you know, there are teams like, you know, Virginia, obviously with Tony Bennett and Texas Tech had their final, you know, their, their run to the finals last year. I think college in defense, I think, and college defense is, is translating to, to winning because I think it's maybe more sustainable to have a, a program developed around defense than it is to have a program developed around this crazy offensive talent that may not come around as frequently. Sure. So you can you can have guys, and you know it, anybody can give you defensive effort, but not everybody is is supremely offensive talent, offensively talented. So that's what you. I think that's I think that's why these coaches are they're kind of betting on defensive consistency versus being able to always being able to put a hundred point tonight. Yeah, that's true, and and it should be pointed out, frankly, that even though Virginia last year played at a snail's pace and didn't score a lot of points, they're a very efficient team statistically on offense. But anyway, speaking of more efficient offense, just again the idea that Missouri was 
getting the ball into the paint, you know, just at will, at least trying to, even when, even when good things, even when bad things would happen, it would lead to good things, our aggression. And, and the interesting thing is maybe ironically, even though Missouri ended up attempting only 14 three-pointers, which is a fairly low number for them out of their 54 total attempts, they made 35%, which is a good number for them. So even though they shot fewer three-pointers, they actually made a higher percentage. They were more efficient with it. So I don't think that's a coincidence at all. Do you? No. Um, it finally seemed like they were just the timely threes were, were falling today, um, like kind of when we needed it to happen. John Pickett can't get his first two. I, I think he may have gone two for two. I don't, I don't know if he missed one. I don't have – obviously have a computer in front of me as, I, as I'm driving here, but uh, – Two for three, yeah, close I mean, it, enough. It, it, yeah, they weren't they weren't forcing the threes. I, you know, I, I have this. I just don't know about the offense this year because I feel like we've missed a lot of good three point shots. I feel like an open three point shot is a good shot whenever you have it, if it's in rhythm, if it's in the offense. But right. we just haven't made them. So I, you know, I, I'll, everyone kind of gripes about the, the offensive efficiency and, and Conzo's offense and not being able to score. But I, I don't. I'm just kind of on the fence about whether I'm whether I'm blaming Conzo and and the system that he's running, or just the fact that for whatever reason, you know, nobody except for Mark Smith until today has been able to to make a three point shot. Uh, today was kind of a nice turnaround. You know, obviously the, in the SIU game, Mark Smith went seven for nine, and the rest of the team was what one for fifteen or whatever it was. And today, Mark Smith went zero for the entire game over the field, and you know, Pinson and Pickett and. Uh, they made they made the three pointers today. So finally, you know, it seemed like other other parties were heard from as far as that goes. So you know, if that can if that can develop, I don't want to abandon it. Is what I'm saying. Like I think the three point shot is is a valuable thing. A lot of people use it, and you have to, but you have to use it intelligently and selectively. And I think we have more so than the numbers represent because we've just we've missed a lot of good shots this year. If that makes sense. No, I, I think that does make a lot of sense. And and to your point, with the longer three-point line that we have this year in college basketball, I believe that overall nationally three-point shooting is down about, say, 2 to 3%. But Missouri is down about 10% from last year. So on on the face of it, you'd think, well, maybe that's just bad luck. Maybe that's just one of those things that going forward – you know, maybe you would expect them to shoot about the average of nationally, right? Maybe 2 3% down from what they were last year. Especially because it's not a dramatically different team than it was last year, right? You know, you'd think it's at a certain point, Mark, you know, Torrance Watson, for instance, has got to come a little bit back to the mean. So, Man, I think just, that makes just, your point. Oh, it's he's like, so lost. He's so yeah, lost right now. He really is. I mean, he barely even played today, it seemed like. so. And, and it's just, you know, if you look at his ratio of two-point attempts to three-pointers, it's, you know, four, five to one, threes to twos. And he just can't be like that. That's not the way he should play. Do you think – we were talking about this a little bit at the game. Um, I, we commented early in the year that, you know, Torrance Watson is – he looks physically different. I mean, I think he's a considerably bigger player this year. Do you think that it's possible that he lost some of his touch or he's having issues adjusting his, his jump shot with his new bulk? Because, I mean, he's, he's a big guy now. Like, he, he, looks, he, he looks different. I bet he's 15 or 20 pounds heavier than he was last year. And, it, I mean, I, I don't know why else he would, he would suddenly seem so 
clueless with his jump shot. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, the thing is, you're right that he is absolutely noticeably thicker and physically heavier a little bit than he was last year, but I don't think it's bad weight or anything. And to be no, frank, no, I, I don't either. I just, yeah, to be frank, I just don't think, you know, it wasn't as though Watson tore the nets up at the beginning of last year either. I mean, he had a good stretch to close the season, but, you know, I, maybe we should just not necessarily assume that more the second half of the year Watson was the guy versus the first half. Maybe we're still learning what he is. I mean, don't get me wrong. I think his his ceiling is quite a bit higher than what we've seen this year. I just, you know, I think we're still wondering, we're still trying to find out what kind of shooter he really is, I guess. If, if we can get second half Watson back for the second half of this year, I mean, that that's a, that's a real weapon. Um, when you're talking about the like, overall, you know, three-point, shooting percentage dropping because of the, the line. I think Missouri last year was a was a strong three-point shooting team. I think Mark Smith may have been a bit of an aberration, you know, shooting that 48% or whatever he shot last year. But you had him at, you know, in the high 40s. Xavier Pinson shot 40% last year. And I think, you know, up to this point this year, he might have been like a 10% three-point shooter. He had a couple today, which was nice. Uh, Torrance Watson last year finished the season at a 40% three-point shooter because he had that second-half surge. This year, he's... I mean, I don't know what it is, but I don't even want to know what it is. It's, it's, it's that bad. Um, you know, Mark Smith, or not, not sorry, not Mark, or Drew Smith, I think at Evansville, you know, his his last year that he played there was a 40% three. So Missouri should have shooters and should have options. So I think that we should be shooting. I, I mean, I, I would expect that we would be an above average three-point shooting team compared to the rest of the nation. And we have been so far below that that it's just been odd. And I, I just, I don't think that I can assign that to one extra foot of the three point line because these, I mean, these guys, you know, they just can go out to the gym and pull from wherever they want. Like Mark Smith's not scared of a, of a foot, you know? Sure. And well, speaking of that, if, if I'd have told you going in this game that Mark Smith wouldn't score, would you have thought that Missouri could have won by double digits? Well, close to. well, we won by seven, so we didn't win by double digits. But well, yeah, so you're we're winning by double digits. Point, point is point well taken. No, absolutely, I would have been, I would have been astonished, and that shows you how well Drew Smith played, how well Javon Pickett played, how well Mitchell Smith played. You know, Kobe Brown to a lesser extent, but yeah, a true team effort. You know, Xavier Pinson certainly had his moments, but you know what? Despite all those positive things, I do think there's a couple things that Missouri can work on moving forward. And you know what? Also in the next segment, Blake, let's talk about that funny little dust up there at the end of the game as well involving Mark Smith. So the two things I thought the Tigers really need to work on going forward, and I truly mean that in practice. These are things that you can drill and maybe just make some adjustments. First of all, offensively, the fast break. Man, we had a couple moments that could have really – stretched the game out to a point where Illinois would have been in deep, deep trouble and couldn't have made it a little bit uncomfortable there at the end. Just, you know, Kobe and Mitchell Smith. The Mitchell Smith play was particularly funny where he tried to do the Michael Jordan, I'm going to jump from a foot in front of the foul line play. But, yeah, got himself caught in the air. But for real, I think everybody on the team, especially if you're going to have forwards like those guys running out in front, just drill the fast break a little bit more importantly though the press bur- the press break blake say that 20 times fast my goodness 
But there were times there, obviously, we just kept getting Xavier Pence and catching the ball on the sideline there. First of all, if you're going to have the guy catching it on the sideline, I think you've got to get it back to the inbounder there because Drew Smith was off and open. But second of all, feel free to try to get it in the middle of the court for once. What did you think about all that that I just threw at you, Blake? Yeah, um, I think our fast break, it, it seems, and you and I have talked about this prior, like it seems like we're a team that should be able to, to break fairly well because you've got Drew Smith and you've got Henson and you've got you know Pickett and you've got Mark Smith and guys that should be able to get out and, and finish like that. I think we just you know had maybe the wrong guys getting the break a couple times. That That's definitely sure true. Do. Like obviously, obviously Mitchell Smith, I, I don't know if he's been in that position in his entire college career yet. Sure. So he obviously he just sort of was like, oh my god, I got this whole rim and I'm on national TV and oh I I want to know I whoops you know what I mean like it just kind of happened that way for him right um, but for real I, if he just I had one more like, dribble there he could have completely yeah. yoked on that little dude's head yeah that's what I that's what I told Coach. he just I mean he could just jump stop there and, and go up and dunk on that guy like you just stop right by the basket or something right tall. you know you don't you don't have to you don't have to finish. <laughs> You know, from a distance, like you're like you're six one or something like that. Yeah, he was like trying uh, to yeah, jump so, over a Kia there. That was unnecessary. <laughs> we just, <laughs> we'll play Griffin dunk contest reference. We uh, yeah, we we just I think we had guys that aren't comfortable running that that break that got the chance and, and didn't execute it. Um, I think on your on your fast on your press break commentary, I think you're you're also accurate. It seemed like we were just giving the ball to Pinson go right on the baseline and just trusting him because he's because he's got handles to get through the two guys that were that were coming to trap him and I mean in his defense I don't think that he did a bad job doing that uh I think he got robbed on two different travel calls I don't think were travels that were probably fouls um but again that's not a I don't think that's the most successful way to design your press break is to trust one guy to break through two defenders right there uh, there was a time that they did it. They brought Mitchell Smith up and they threw it into him, and then threw it to, then they threw it to, uh, yeah, Mark Smith. They did it a couple times at the end of the game when Illinois was pressing. It seemed like that was a way that, and that eventually led into the uh, hilarious technical thing that we're going to talk about soon. But they kept, uh, yeah, that that way you can use Mitchell Smith. You know, he because he's not a guy that's going to panic when he gets the ball, and he, you know he can handle it a little bit and pass. So he's, I think, a useful tool to break. You know, to break the press, you can at least throw it into him because he's tall, and then he can get it to, you know, the inbounder who would be Drew Smith or if Penson's around there as well. Uh, but I agree, it's not a, it's not a good idea to give the ball to uh, an individual ball handler one foot away from the baseline with two defenders close to him that can close on him immediately, and, and just trust and hope that he's going to break through the middle of those two guys and get away with it consistently. I, that's that's not well designed. Yeah, I agree. I just thought we gave up the sideline there just too easily to me. And you know what? Speaking of that dust up, let's actually get to there was another dust up involving Jeremiah Tillman. There was that moment after he got a, a dunk attempt blocked very hard. He tried to viciously throw down another one after throwing down that tip dunk, that amazing tip dunk with his left arm. Well, he brought one with the right arm and kind of wrenched his shoulder a little bit. It looked like he was he had tweaked a, his shoulder a tiny bit. And then if you saw the kid for Illinois, his last name's Griffin, he actually did the sort of I'm going to chest bump you or brush up against you kind of jerk move that you pull at the bar if you're trying to get into a fight with somebody. And, of course, he does it against 
Tillman's like, you know, injured arm. So of course Tillman's like, what's your problem, man? And just gives him a little shove. So that ends up being a double technical foul and gets him, you know, kicked out of the game for his fifth foul. I just was like, you know, that guy was obviously trying to provoke him there. I just thought, my goodness, the guy's injured. Do you really have to give him a technical foul and take him out of the game there? Honestly, I didn't hate the officiating quite as much as you did. I like that they let the big guys play, but that was a poor moment for sure. Yeah, maybe maybe I was caught up in a little bit of the moment because I was sitting in the you know the Mizzou side of the arena, and the second half particularly where there's a lot of whistles that seem to be pro Illinois, um, and that one was kind of confusing because if you're if you're in the stadium. You, know, you don't have the benefit of the of the television feed to, to look over and see what happened, but we saw a questionable foul happen on that on that shooter, I believe. Or maybe it wasn't even a shooter. At that point, they, I think they were already in the bonus, and then they they go away from it, and all of a sudden there's this scrum, and then they announce over the they announce over the audio that that Tillman's been kicked out for his you know his fifth foul and this technical. And we didn't see anything happen, and this Griffin guy that you know barely played has won. It almost seemed like he came in and, and just got, got Tillman out of the game. Like it was like a, like he was like a sign to go in there and, and draw a foul from the big guy. Um, fortunately, it was late enough in the game that it, you know, they were going to have trouble coming back on us. But it, that was, that was, that was. I'm glad you explained it the way you did right now because up, up until this point, honestly, still was kind of unsure what happened during that whole, you know, fracas. Well, at the end of the game, as time was running out, Mark Smith was determined to get on the scoreboard and dunk the ball, but they took a foul, and Mark just said, eh, the heck it, I'm going to take a couple more dribbles and dunk this thing with authority anyway. Well, we loved it. We, we loved it. All of I did, too, but I, you know, I loved it, too, but I got to be honest, if I was Dasunmu, I probably wouldn't have liked it either. And I was fine with him coming over and saying something to him. But you know what? Once it all calmed down and everything, then the guy we just talked about who bumped into Tillman's shoulder, Griffin was the one who then, he had to start it up again. He had to start running his mouth while Mark Smith was shooting free throws. And he got a technical, another technical foul. And I was like, good, you deserve that. Like, at a certain point, let it go, dude. Like, I don't know. I kind of saw both sides of the argument on that one. But he, he had to just keep it going. And then finally, I was like, all right, enough with you, buddy. Would you say Griffin was being the heel? Absolutely, I would say he's a heel. Yeah, absolutely. So I gotta, no question. I got to sneak in. I got to sneak in the, ref, the wrestling reference in this particular episode for you. I, and I love um, you for it. Thank you for that gift <laughs> on Christmas. I really appreciate it. But you know what? Speaking of that dust up, what did you think of Tillman's game? Because obviously, not a great box score game. Obviously, another game where he's in foul trouble. But you know what? I thought obviously for the most part he showed his physical acumen and even though he didn't get a lot of rebounds, I thought he allowed our guards to clean up a lot of that weak side action just by his physical presence and keeping good position and keeping, keeping Kofi and Georgie out of the lane, by the way, Kofi and Georgie in the morning, definitely my favorite team. (laughs) Um, Yeah, I I think, uh, Tillman, obviously, it's not going to show up in the box score. You're not going to look back at this game and think of it as he didn't. He clearly didn't have the same success that he had against you know Taco Fall, like we talked about in the preview, you know, the preview episode of this game. Um, but I was pretty. I mean, honestly, I was pretty stunned by the just the sheer difference in size between uh, Coburn and I mean Coburn is gigantic. 
he's gigantic in person. I mean, every part, his arms are huge. His neck is huge. Yeah, he's like 18 years old. I promise you, uh, his his arms shouldn't look that big. He and it's all natural too. Don't get me wrong. He's just a he's a yeah. he's got some impressive genetics. Let's put it that way. Well, I mean, he's like he's like a five ten guy, like a ripped five ten guy that's seven feet tall. You know he's what I mean? Crazy. Like he, he's like somehow he's seven feet tall, but he's also compact. And I mean, he's gigantic. So that's I, I mean. Tillman is stronger than almost anyone that he plays against, but he's not stronger than that guy. That guy is a absolute freak. Uh, and so, and, and he, to his credit, there were a couple times he, he was able to offensively, you know, get the ball in the post and, and bump him down there uh, and get, you know, get a shot up. But he didn't, I don't think he was able to score on a post up, but he was able to, like, kind of at least make his presence felt. But the most important thing that he did was, he, I mean, he tied, he tied him up. Uh, he kept him off. The, I don't, did he have an offensive rebound? I don't believe that that guy had an offensive rebound the entire game. And I think you said in the preview episode that he might have been leading the country. He was in, in the top five, rebound. yeah. Yeah, so I, he was and not able to get an, off- an offensive rebound the whole game, I don't believe. Zero offensive rebounds, two defensive rebounds. And he's he was top yeah. 50 in terms of defensive rebound rate, too. So, yeah, quite an accomplishment there. I was stunned. Yes. So, so Tillman was – I mean, he was not able to – we're not able to score a whole lot or, or rebound a whole lot, but he I, he did what he needed to do, which was just physically occupy their best player, you know, or their player that's best able to take over a game or their biggest advantage in the game. And he he negated that. And he, I think I think Conzo might have been a little quick with the hook in the first half. I I don't necessarily want him to stay out for eleven minutes, but. We, you know, Mitchell Smith was, or sorry, excuse me, Nico Reed was doing fine. Mitchell Smith was doing fine, um, and we we were actually able to come back a little bit. So I guess the way the game, you know, the game flow was going, it, it didn't, it wasn't that important. But uh, I I don't think he did anything stupid. He didn't, you know, he didn't have the Jeremiah Tillman, you know, reactionary fouls or anything like that. He just went out there, and I thought he just battled. You know, he just did what he needed to do, and he ran down there in the post and fought that big ass dude. All all game and and the end of the at the end of the day kept him off the boards, which is what you needed out of that. So you know my my hats off to Tillman, and I think he's you know he's he's going to be more bruised and battered than probably anybody else in the locker room, and not have people talking about how well he played. But he gave himself up today for the team, and Mitchell Smith did the same thing. But those two guys combined to I think do a yeoman's effort in the paint against a a bigger physical Illinois team and shift that advantage to, to Missouri. Well, Blake, I think that's well said. And, buddy, I got to say thanks for joining me as always. And we've gotten you a little bit longer of a show than usual today. But what the heck, I think it's worth it when anytime you win a bragging rights game. And plus, on top of that, it's Christmas week next week. So I'm planning on getting you a couple shows next week. That is exactly two shows. But I can't exactly say when yet. You know, it's the holiday season. Who the heck knows? But I promise you I'll get you a couple shows next week. Some good free content to get you away from your dastardly family. So until then, for Blake Stark, I'm John Miller. Merry Christmas, everybody. And this has been another episode of Locked on Mizzou.